I'm going to share a story with you that every time I share, I tell myself, this is the very last time you will share this story. And then as God would have it, there's always another occasion or another person that I find in my life who's struggling with fear and my story has to come out again. I'm Kara Lewis-Newton, host of the KLN Podcast. Five years ago, my life was literally flipped upside down when I built a multiple six-figure income from a business on social media. More than that though, I'm a mom to three and a wife to Luke in a marriage that we've had for over 18 years. But beyond those roles that I fill, I have found deep purpose in helping women find strength and confidence. Because I believe that when a woman can value who she truly is, it unlocks the potential for her to grow into someone even greater. It helps her find contentment in the life that she already has, but it also helps her take hold of the motivation to go after her dreams. Each week, I'll be here sharing conversations, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you unlock that potential. I believe a confident woman will change the world around her. This is the KLN Podcast. My name is Kara, and I struggle with fear. I mean, I don't just worry. I come up with the most ridiculous, irrational, what are you talking about scenarios in my head. Here are some of my irrational fears. My husband said he'd be home at 6.15. It's now 6.17, and so obviously he has been in an accident and is lying in a ditch somewhere. I have a headache. I actually had a headache three days ago too. I bet I have a brain tumor. I'm driving over a bridge and it's possible that it's going to cave in. I have all of my kids. Who am I going to save first? We finally have some extra money in our bank account. My husband's probably going to lose his job. Then we're going to lose our house and we're probably going to end up having to live with my parents. My neighbor just got back from Africa. I bet he has Ebola. We can't be friends with them or we may die. My husband didn't answer his text. After the 15th text that I've sent, my only conclusion can be that he must be tied up and bound in his office. Or how about this one? I heard about a child who threw up at church on Sunday. My stomach hurts. I'm going to vomit. My kids are going to vomit. We all have the stomach virus. (laughs) You laugh because you know that some of you do it too. Here's the thing. I wasn't always like this. Fear actually wasn't a struggle for me for most of my life until... April 1st, 2014. I'm going to share a story with you that every time I share, I tell myself, this is the very last time you will share this story. And then as God would have it, there's always another occasion or another person that I find in my life who's struggling with fear and my story has to come out again. So I hope (laughs) that this is the last time I share this story. But my guess is there are probably many more times to come because as I share this story, I realize how much I have learned about fear. Okay, back to April 1st, 2014. We're a family of five. We're staying in a hotel in Asheville. And it was during spring break, we chose one with a pool because we wanted the kids to have some fun while we were there. We checked in and we quickly went up to our room to change. The kids were so excited about swimming. It had been a brutal winter. 
Luke was still busy doing some work and getting some things unpacked. And so he stayed in the room and I told him I would go ahead and take the kids down to the pool because they were literally bouncing off the walls. At this time, Silas was seven years old, Lila was five years old, and Jack was three years old. We were in the pool area for about 10 minutes and I had been having trouble with my ear that week. And so I began to have some pain and I was sitting about 15 feet from all of my children in a chair watching them swim. I was rummaging, I began to rummage through my bag to look for tissue. I became distracted by the pain that was in my ear and I just kept looking, I couldn't find one. It was taking me several, several minutes to locate something to help with the pain that I was having. I was facing the pool, Silas and Lila were uh, sitting at the edge of the pool. Jack was kind of running around. At one point I saw that they had their feet in the hot tub. I knew where my kids were. But as I continued to rummage and continued to be distracted by my ear, a few minutes had passed by before I looked up. And I saw two children swimming in the pool. And then it occurred to me, I didn't know where Jack was. I turned immediately and looked at the hot tub and one of my worst irrational nightmares was playing out right in front of me. My three-year-old was floating about six inches below the water, face down. The scene that unfolded before me was more than I could ever possibly describe to you. In fact, even as I retell the story, I'm careful not to share too many details because it's very difficult for my mind to go back there. He was gray and he was completely unconscious, not breathing and foaming at the mouth. I quickly summoned my other two children to go get their father and I began CPR on my three-year-old. A few seconds later, my husband came barreling through the pool doors and began to complete what I had started with the CPR. After five rounds of CPR that my husband performed on him, Jack began to vomit. Paramedics arrived pretty much quickly after that and took him to the hospital. I rode in the ambulance with him. And I can tell you this, you have never heard a sound like that of a mother screaming and pleading with God for the life of her child. Jack was unconscious for about three hours. We were unsure what the effects would be from his loss of oxygen. I wasn't completely certain of how long he had been underwater. But here's the thing. Miraculously, Jack woke up and he recovered with absolutely no issues. Did you know that 95% of children under the age of four who have to have CPR performed on them due to a drowning do not live? 95%. And those that do live after having CPR performed on them, the percentage that survive with absolutely no brain damage is so small that it would literally blow your mind. Try swallowing that statistic as you're sitting there looking at your kid in a hospital bed eating a red popsicle. It's a miracle, right? (laughs) I mean, it was, right? Absolutely. Or was it? Because see, I was really struggling after this. Why was my child saved? Why wasn't I feeling this relief that I should be feeling? Why, if this was so amazing, because everyone was telling me what a miracle this was, was I feeling so scared and alone? Why do other children die and not Jack? What do I do about this never-ending agony and tightness in my chest? How do I go about my day now knowing that I truly cannot keep my children safe all the time. Was this preparing me for some other tragedy that I'm going to have to experience in my life? Did God save Jack or did Luke? 
Was this the result of something miraculous, really? Or was this just coincidence? Jack's accident hit me like a ton of bricks. I remember one time my mother, um, what you may not know about my mother is that she's experienced some really painful things in her own life. And as a result of that, she's, she'll, she would tell you she has always kind of struggled with fear and worry. And after my sister and I were getting on her one time about worrying about something that seemed absolutely ridiculous, she turned and looked at us and she said, girls, when the worst has happened to you, you no longer believe that the worst can't happen. Wow. Well, this is great, Kara. I'm feeling great about this podcast. I'm really glad I tuned in today. <laughs> okay, hang in there with me. Because here's the thing. I'm not even going to attempt to answer the why do bad things happen or why does God allow suffering? Because I'm honestly still working through those. But what I want to talk to you about today, what I want to tell you are the four things that I have learned and that I'm still learning about fear since this accident. Number one, there are four things. The only thing that will silence my fearful, anxious thoughts are thoughts of gratitude. Try it. By replacing the fearful thoughts with thoughts of things that I am thankful for, I can actually silence the noise in my brain. So like, what does that actually look like? Okay, here's, here's a recent example for you. I'm driving in my van and memories of his accident flood my mind. I can't get it out of my vision. What if I crash? What if I die? What if my children die? Have you been there where the thoughts just keep racing? And so this is what I do immediately now. I stop and I start naming, if you have to out loud, the things that I'm actually grateful for in that moment. I am thankful that my children are with me. I am thankful that my family is safe today. I am thankful that I have the ability to even drive. I'm thankful that I have a better perspective of life and parenting because of what happened to me. And I'm also very thankful I can get a Wendy's Frosty right now. <laughs> I love Wendy's Frosties. <laughs> But did you feel the anxiety even in this made up scenario dissipate when I started rattling off the things that I'm grateful for? When the anxiety lessens, we begin to experience peace and we get that peace by recognizing and naming the things that we're thankful for. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I will not react with fear, but I will decide to have courage. Here's the thing, fear, it's an emotion. We all have it, it's normal. It is an emotional reaction to something. But here's the other thing. Courage, that's a choice. That's not an emotion. That's something you have to decide to do. And I can choose that. I have the power to decide to do something in spite of what my emotions are telling me. It's something I can practice and I can get better at. There's so much hope in that. I can do small things every day that scare me because here's the thing. When fear creeps into your life like it did mine, it doesn't just make you fearful of that one situation. You begin to come fearful of everything. And so I began to practice small things every day that scared me and choosing courage over that. I can take that selfie of myself and I can post it on Facebook. I can have that conversation with her even if I'm uncomfortable. I can wear that red lipstick to dinner and rock it. I can try that new recipe. I can make a choice every day to be courageous. And the more that I do it, the better that I get, the more confidence will be built and the less fear that will be there. Okay, number three, 
My fear of what could happen means nothing happens. See, after Jack's accident, I spent a lot of time keeping my kids from doing things. In fact, I kept us as a family from doing things. In my pursuit to keep us safe and me unafraid, we did nothing. Do you want to live a life where you can't do great things because your fear keeps you in a place of doing nothing? Lots of things could happen, friend. (laughs) Lots of things could happen. A meteor could hit me right now as I sit here in my office recording this podcast. Choosing to do nothing might mean that you won't get hurt, but it also means that you are not going to get to experience the full life that is meant for you. Choosing what is safe will keep you where you are. Is that where you want to be? But choosing to leave fear behind and stepping out into courage, what seems like a risk, girl, it could change everything. All right, number four, finally, the last thing that I've learned, well, not the last thing, but the last thing I'm going to share with you that I've learned about fear, my life will reflect my hopes, not my fears. I want people to look on at my life and feel hopeful about their own, right? (laughs) Being fearful, that is normal. I would say a majority of the world lives in fear. Most people live a life led by fear. I want to be different. Man, do I want to be different. I want people to notice that my choices and my actions come from a different place. I want people to look on at what I do and how I live and see hope. I want to focus on what's to come, not what has happened to me. I want my kids to feel excitement to try new things, even if it scares the living crap out of their mother. I want them to feel hopeful about their future because that is what they saw their mother modeling to them. And when bad things do happen, when life takes a turn that I don't expect, when I fail, I want to be willing to find and see the beauty that's in it because fear is normal, but I can choose gratitude. I can choose courage. I can choose greatness and I can choose hope. Fear will not control me. So if this sounds a little like you, (laughs) I'm going to challenge you. Go out and wear the red lipstick today. And if you can only wear it to go buy yourself a Wendy's Frosty, that's a small step in the right direction. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the KLN Podcast. If it connected with you in any way, I would love it if you would hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any future episodes. You can also find me on carolewisnewton.com. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter. And also, I would love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, you have the power to change the world around you.